This is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, I want to talk about managing rejection in your job search process. It's not talked about enough, and that's why I want to talk about it, because it will happen. And not just in your job search process, but in your career, there will be times when you hear no. There will be times when you don't get the call back. There will be times when you ask for the raise and you don't get it. There will be times when you raise your hand for a project and you're not called on. There will be times when you put together and submit a really strong proposal and the answer from your organizational leaders are still no. And it doesn't matter how high up you go in the organization. It doesn't matter if you're the president or if you're the CEO. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur or if you work for a large global organization or a small mom and pop At some point in your career, you will be rejected, you will hear no, you will experience disappointment. And it's really important to interrogate and really sit with what happens when we hear no, what happens when the ant then then when the thing doesn't go our way when we get rejected when we don't get what we want at work and i don't mean this from a childish perspective like i didn't get what i want but like when you know you've done the work and it still was a no when you know you were a strong candidate for the job and you still don't get the call back it can be so demoralizing it can be so defeating it can be so Like it can cause a lot of like sort of self-doubt and dissonance when we don't, when we hear no, when we get rejected. And still it's something that absolutely absolutely is going to happen. So one of the things I want to invite you to interrogate is like what happens when you hear no. Maybe what's happened when you've heard no across the course of your life and your career and what is going to happen when you hear no again, because it will happen, right? And you will hear no again. And interrogating that and thinking deeply about that and making sure that you are not disheartened and dismayed to the point that you shrink, that you fall off, that you backslide, that you bury your head into the sand when you hear no, like having the discipline to still do the work and show up and advocate for yourself, even when you've heard no is critical. And let me be clear that I'm not saying stand in for abuse and disrespect for an extended period of time, because that's just the way it is. I'm not at all saying that. However, what I am saying is that no will happen, no will come. And it's our responsibility to manage our emotions even when we hear no and to manage them in like a healthy and productive ways that doesn't destroy us. And so, right, you might be asking like, what are the strategies for that, Ashley? Like, I hear what you're saying. I need to know how to manage my emotions. I need to know how to regulate my emotions. I need to know I I can't crumble when I hear no, but like, how do I not crumble? So a couple I don't even know if it'll be a couple. I know one thing that has been helpful to me is that I have worked really hard to not tie my worthiness to my work. It's hard to do because our work is so much a part of us. We spend a lot of time at work. We probably are spending a lot of energy and like emotional capacity at work. So it does feel tied to like who we are and how we show up in the world. 
And that's okay, but it doesn't have to be tied to your worthiness. I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and I believe that worthiness, right? You you being worthy is inherent. You are worthy because you are here, because you were here, because you've done the work, because you haven't done the work. I mean, you're worthy, period. You are here, you are worthy. And so it's not a measure of your worthiness. And you hearing no and getting rejected and and not getting the callback or whatever, that's also not a measure of your worthiness. So like, that's, that's like sort of thing. Number one is to to decouple your worthiness from your work. And then I think another thing that's been supportive to me is to put myself in situations where I can hear a yes. Certainly there are situations where you'll hear a no, where you won't get the thing, where, you know, things won't work out in your way. But as much as you can put yourself in situations where things do work out in your favor, where you are, where you did get a yes, where, you know, put yourself in situations where you can get an easy win. So when the hard no's come, at least, you know, you guys, you got some wins stacked up, right? You got some wins piled up. You got some things that have worked in your favor. So yeah, so that's something that I would recommend. And finally, I just would say, even if you're anticipating a no, one of the things that I invite you to do is to use every opportunity as an opportunity to practice. I think sometimes I was talking to a mentee and she was like, oh yeah, you know, they told me that the salary was capped at this. So I'm not going to ask for, I'm not going to negotiate my salary. I'm not going to ask for anything more. I'm just going to do, you know, because they already told me it was capped. And I was like, I want you to use this negotiation. I want you to use this offer as practice. I want you to negotiate. It doesn't matter what they told you. It literally does not matter. Everything is negotiable. You should always ask for more. Why should you always ask for more? Because it's an exercise. You want to practice asking. You literally want to practice the skill. So because even if you hear a no, like you've had practice and now you can say, now it's not, I've never negotiated. It's now that I've never received a yes from my my negotiation, but that means you're further along than never having done it at all. Right. So you want to practice the skill and, and, and with practice, things get better. So we want to practice the skill. And so if you're feeling rejected, if you're feeling bummed out, if you're feeling down in your career development or down in your job search in any way. I just want to, I guess, remind you that like failure is available to you. <laughs> that like, if nobody ever told you that like failure is available, it happens to the best of us is it sucks, but it happens and it's available to you. Like it's available to everybody else. Everybody is not out here winning. Some of us are winning more than most Like by us. I mean, me and my mentees, <laughs> you know, get on board, but like, nobody's out here winning all the time. Failure is available to everybody. Everybody can get it, right? Everybody can get failure. So if you're in a season of like losses and failure, and I think I talked about this sort of last week is that like, you can't just let one season of failure, one's failure, one group of failures ruin your whole outlook on your commitment to advocating for yourself. And so I hope this is, I hope this encourages you. And I hope this encourages you to interrogate how you deal with failing because it really is about how you deal with it, not about the actual art of failing or the act of failing, if you will. Next up is I digress. And this week I wanted to talk about managing our emotions. I was listening to a podcast over the last week. I think that it was, it was a podcast about, it was like my, my 
younger son didn't invite his older it's it's so sorry let me back up the podcast is called life kid podcast is called life kid it's an npr podcast i'm an npr junkie i probably listen to every npr podcast or have at some point it's kind of embarrassing because i am really that girl so it was an npr podcast called life kid and the podcast was like my younger son didn't invite his older brother to be a part of his wedding and that makes my older son mad. And now I feel caught in the middle in the process. And it was really interesting to me because like right off the bat, the person who they wrote into was like, who is, the, who is your younger son's wedding about? And the mom was like, you know, the person writing the letter was the mom and the mom was like, oh, like your your younger son's wedding isn't about his older brother. It isn't about you. It's about him and his partner and the person that he's going to get married. It's about them. It's not about y'all. So whether or not his older brother feel a way about not being included, don't know that I got nothing to do with nothing. It's literally not about you. And I think that that was an important lesson for me to hear and be reminded of. And it's I wanted to kind of pass it along because I think sometimes we start to center ourselves in stuff that don't got nothing to do with us. Like, I get it. Your younger brother's getting married. You feel a way about him not including you in the wedding, but his wedding is not about you. So like your feeling is real and that sucks and I'm happy to hold space for it. But not but, and it's still not about you. Like your feelings are valid. You can still have your feelings. Nobody's going to take your feelings away from you, but you do want to be careful to make other your feelings other people's business. Your feelings are not other people's, especially if it don't got nothing to do with them. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And so, and this is something I'm constantly having to like, navigate because I'm a feeler. I'm a feeler and I have lots of feelings. I have lots of emotions and I'm constantly like, I feel, I feel. And that's fine. Like my feelings are available to me, but my feelings sometimes don't got nothing to do with like what somebody else doing. And just because I feel however I feel doesn't mean that somebody else has to respond or has to do something about it. And I just think that we have to be like, it's important that we're super self-aware and we super understand how to manage our emotions because if we don't, we can start to make other people responsible for feelings that we have when they are truly not responsible. So yeah, that's just something to reflect on. And it's always, I mean, well, I shouldn't say always. I think it's often okay for us to share our feelings and how we're feeling with the people who contributed to the way that we're feeling. But also, I think it's important that we remain responsible for how we feel, that we like understand that how we feel is literally our responsibility to sort of manage and deal with. And something came up for me over the weekend where like I saw something that kind of, well, actually, let me be clear. Somebody brought something to me and I was annoyed because I'm like, why are you bringing this to me? Like, why are you like, why are you bringing this to me? This ain't none of my business, right? That was my initial thought. And that thought remains. But since they brought it to me, you know, then I was confronted with it and had to deal with it. And I was like, you know, should I feel a way? Do I feel a way? And then like, I didn't feel a way and I kind of disregarded it. But then I like saw some other stuff and I start to feel a way. But then I was just like, how I feel don't have nothing to do. Like, it's not nobody's responsibility, but my own. And 
that's meat for me to deal with, right? And I, I just, I just, I'm glad that I'm self-aware enough to know that like I'm responsible for my feelings and I'm also, it's also okay not to like sit in misery in your feelings. So like, what I mean by that is like, sometimes we feel away and then we like go down a feeling spiral, like rabbit hole. So it's like, I feel, you know, I think about like, you know, when you break up with somebody or whatever, you break up with them, you know, the relationship was over, you know, it's for the best, but you see a picture of them or somebody mentions you them to you. And now you're just like, in a downward spiral and you're just like, oh my gosh, I remember that one time we had a good time and I remember this, I remember that. And you're not remembering all the bad times and the actual reason why you broke up with them and how shitty they made you feel. All you're thinking about is, oh, I remember, you know, this one time we had a really good time and I remember this, I remember, remember that. And I'm not saying hold on to the bad feelings because that's what's going to sustain you. But I do think that like, it's okay to feel like that nostalgia. It's okay to like honor the relationship that was um, and recognizes that relationship is no longer for you and release it from back from whence it came and not go down a rabbit hole of let me, let me opine over everything that once was, right? Like, let's not be revisionist in our own history. Like, let's honor the decisions that we previously made and own up to them or change the, you know, like not change the decision, but like we can we can atone if we feel like that's going to be supportive. But I think sometimes, I think we just want to avoid, like, we always have choice. We always have agency, or at least, you know, I hope that you all have choice and agency or you feel like you do. And so like in the instance where you're like, oh, I feel bad. I do want to like follow up with my ex. I mean, that's a choice that's available to you. You could reach out to your ex maybe and say, hey, I saw a picture of you and it brought up some weird feelings. And I was just thinking about you and wanted to say hi. I mean, like that's available to you. Maybe not the best decision, especially depending on why the relationship ended in the first place. Might bring up even more bad feelings, but still that's available to you. Or you can make the decision like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm honoring what was and like that has special, like that has a special moment of reflection and I'm gonna leave that feeling right where it is. Like I honored it. It was there. It was available. I felt the feeling. I didn't try to push it to the side. I felt the feeling. I felt the sadness. I felt the, you know, longing of a former relationship, whatever, like that's available to you. And then you could just like, wow, that was a feeling I had next, right? Or you, you might even be required to sit with it. You know, you might have to sit with it for a while. But I guess I just, I am working through not dismissing my emotions. I'm working through feeling my feelings. I'm working through honoring my feelings. And I'm also working through protecting my peace, something I'm going to talk about here in a moment. And I just kind of want to share my thought process and what I'm learning in this space as well. So speaking of learning and around protecting my peace, one thing that I'm very serious about is protecting my peace on social media. I am super intentional about who I follow, what I follow, what I engage with, particularly from people that I know. So like, I feel like from influencers and that kind of stuff, you know, you know, I kind of follow different people, see different things, whatever. But from people that I know, I don't follow everybody I know. I don't follow every cousin I have. I don't follow everybody I went to school with. Why? Because every like I don't need to see and know what's going on in everybody's life. And some stuff like could trigger emotions in me that I don't even want to deal with or process or like, and not like I'm pushing them on the road. Like I literally don't need to see some things from some people. And so the block and mute button is my best friend. And I'm and I'm very 
serious about that. Like I'm very serious about blocking and muting people if I feel like I need to just to protect my own peace. And that's something that I guess maybe I could feel bad about or feel like, oh, I don't want, you know, want them to feel, but like, no, I have to protect myself. I have to protect my peace. It's the same reason why I like don't watch the news, right? Like I get my news filtered through people I trust. Like I get my, most of my news filtered through podcasts from pun that I trust, right? Because I just watching, you know, CNN or Fox news or ABC news, like I'm just bombarded with just too much and it's, it gets overwhelming to me. And so I have to protect my peace. It doesn't mean that I'm misinformed I and mean, it doesn't mean that I, I get, I'm not responsible for being informed. Like it's important that, you know, I'm informed that I know what's going on in the world, that I'm not just like, you know, not being responsible to what's going on in the world. I, I am very responsible, but I also won't just take in or be inundated by information that doesn't serve me. And I'm very intentional about that. So if this is a season for protecting your peace, if this is a season for muting and blocking people, if this is a season for managing your emotions through your own work or through a partnership with a therapist, I just invite you to do that. We like, it is work and it sometimes is exhausting work too. Like, oh, I don't want to have any more feelings. I, I, I remember feeling one time like, I don't want to have any more feelings. My feelings are too much. It's too it's too much to have so many feelings. <laughs> Can I have less feelings, please? I would like less feelings. But, you know, we do have them. We can't do anything about them. We we have to feel our feelings. But we can we can regulate. We can manage. We can we can we can process. We can hold space for our emotions without flying off the handle. And especially as adults, I think it's just really important to have some emotional regulation. And it can be hard, right? This is something, this is not something I've arrived in. This is something I'm working through live and in color, but it's definitely something that I see value in and wanted to sort of share publicly. This is something I'm constantly working through. And so if you're challenged by it, know that you're not alone and we are going to manage these emotions together. I digress. Last up is TVT. And this week in TVT, we're going to talk about no longer playing the friend. I just wanted to shout out the fact that it's just such a joy to see more women, especially Black women, and 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 yeah, it's just a joy to see women and Black women in particular playing lead main character roles, having quote unquote main character energy, and not and not playing the friend, right? Like I just feel like for so much of my adolescence, Black women were the friend of the main character. They were the, the add-on of the main character. They were the, they were the, the sidekick of the main character. And just to see so many of the, my favorite TV shows censoring Black women in their stories and not making them the sidekick, not making them the friend is just so enjoyable. And we do, we give such great main character energy and I'd love to see us on screen and shining like that. And I just want to see more of that. So yeah, if you are not watching a show where there's a leading lady, where she's giving main character energy and watching this bright stuff on TV, girl. I think about Olivia Benson and like how for so long she was the partner and maybe the sidekick and maybe not the lead character but she just plays such good main character energy she's so she's such a talented actress and I just love love watching her I listened to another podcast recently where the where the actress oh my goodness what is her I'm trying to think of her name the actress she played on the good fight she's a really I really love her work and I'm not thinking of it right now 
but she's an awesome actress. She played Diane on The Good Fight, just really great. And she just has such great main character energy. I hate that that show is has ended. But yeah, watch Leading Lady this week. Watch, you know, a boss woman just lead in her role. I haven't watched Reasonable Doubt, but I've heard she's a leading lady that's just like really rocking it out and doing great there. But yeah, I love to to love to see women with main character energy. I love it. And I, I, lo- I want more of it. More of that main character energy. <laughs> that wraps up this week's episode of School on Life. I hope that I was able to share, just be vulnerable and share some, some, some things I'm challenged around managing my emotions and hopefully share some strategies and things that have worked for me, working through rejection and sort of how learning how to sit with that and honor that season. And just know that it doesn't have to stay like that. If you want more career development mentorship from somebody who has had some losses, who has had trouble managing her emotions around them, who's been rejected, who's experienced that. Obviously, I have lots of wins and successes that I share on social, but I think this is a great vulnerable space for me to talk about when things don't go my way and when I have losses, because that's available to all of us too. And and so if you'd like to be a part of like a community of women who are regularly talking about this and and talking about how to work through it, then my mentorship programs might be a good fit for you. I'm accepting new mentees and you can ask questions about joining my mentorship programs or get onboarded right on my website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. Thanks so much for listening this week. School's out. Class dismissed.